comedian, DJ Hans Kim, finally in. What's going on, man? You are blowing up. Not much. I'm just living life, enjoying it, and taking one day at a time. And you have, what, nine shows in Florida? Eight yeah. shows? Yeah. yeah. I'm doing five shows this weekend that aren't on the poster, but I'm opening up for Michael Yo, uh, and it's been an amazing time. We've been getting along, and I'm really enjoying the time, getting to know him. His comedy style is different from mine, so... His audience is different, so I'm just getting used to, you know, his audience. <laughs> so when you go with Michael O, so explain the dynamic of, of how different the two of you are. Well, Michael is a friendly guy. He's a guy who had, life has blessed him with a beautiful face and body. <laughs> and the ladies, they do not uh, act shy around him. Uh, and then me, I'm sort of like the grungy little gremlin in the shadows, just like saying snide little remarks. So it's just been a little bit different. Um, but I love it. I love that uh, it, it adds another wrinkle because I'm so used to whatever I'm getting in Texas. So I think it's great to come here to Miami where people are a little more, uh, you know, like happy-go-lucky and uh, they're they're blessed with beautiful physiques. <laughs> so, it's, yeah. Well, you know it's always nice here. So you always get the sun. Plus, you have you know South Beach, everything else. I mean, what what more could you really want? You yeah. know, and it's laid back. You know, yeah. as you've seen, it's nobody really cares about shit. Yeah, they, they just do their own thing and don't mind. You know, they're not like here, particularly South Florida. You know, people kind of mind their business. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't know how Texas is. Yeah, because someone could be a Coke dealer. You don't want to be too nosy and get shot. Yeah. <laughs> well, nowadays you never know, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you got what? You got Naples on the 12th and 13th. Then you got Tampa at the With Improv, Tony. right? Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a, one of the openers for Tony. William and I will be there. I don't know if that's known, but now it is. When does this come out? Uh, it'll probably come out Monday. Okay, yeah. So that week... Tony and I will be, and William will be in Tampa. The whole, a lot, a majority of the Kill Tony crew doing stand up, which is different from Kill Tony. But yeah, uh, yeah. If you love Kill Tony, that's that'll be a great experience for sure. Yeah, I'll be a lineup, right? Yeah, because there's Tony Hinchcliffe. Who else? William and then me. Oh, oh William too. Or not, and then me, but uh, and me. Yeah, cool. You know, when I was going through everything, do you have autism or are you on like the cuff of autism? <laughs> yeah, I'm just Asian. Oh, you really? That was analytical. a fucking joke? Yeah. Oh, he had me. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is really, wow. You fucking have me. Pull that Twitter up. Only, I'm not that autistic. But if you would, if you didn't know, yeah. And you and I when I watched the Twitter, I I said to Tyler, I go, Oh man, he's he's got autism. I just donated a bunch of shit to autism, you know? <laughs> Play this guy. I mean, this is believable to anybody in the Oh the uh yeah. diagnosis. Yeah. <laughs> on the spectrum, ever been diagnosed or talked to a doctor <laughs> about it? What the fuck? You think I would go to the society that has churned and burned so many people and be like, Please fix me, let me be more something that you approve of. Fuck these people. They don't know what the fuck to do with people. They'll just drug me <laughs> Isn't up. Isn't that the truth? Put though, me in right? a <laughs> yeah. Do not trust. I mean, this is where Epstein was. People who have produced the most mental health illnesses in the world to fix your mental health. There's more mental health issues now because people are poor. 
If people are poor, it doesn't matter how many fucking pills you shove in their asshole. <laughs> All right. So Hans, are you actually on the spectrum? Ever been diagnosed with So what did you just say? That's where Epstein was. He was like uh, hiring like low income women or girls to give him a massage. And if like, yeah, this if uh, yeah, I mean, if there, there there's like a poverty in a community, then people are vulnerable. People are easily bought. So, uh, yeah, I mean, mental health or autism. Yeah, I I think like, yeah, I think uh, if you want to make people resilient to predators like Epstein, you got to make sure that they're not vulnerable to payouts and like you know getting bribed into doing sick shit yeah because you know when you go to the doctor you know what they're gonna do even though it was kind of a joke but that's what they do you go to the doctor he's gonna say here's these pills he's probably getting a kickback from big pharma for whatever pill he gives you that he knows isn't gonna work so then he gives you another one and another one with a thousand side effects and in that list of side effects is suicide, fucking, you know, going off crazy and shooting somebody. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like a lot of the mass shooters were on drug or psycho, psycho, whatever drug. Psychedelic drugs that. Or psychotropic or. Yeah. And you know the commercials. Antidepressants. Yeah. You know the fucking commercials. The side effects are longer than the commercial. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So now, were you born in South Korea or were you born here? No, I was born in New Jersey. Oh boy, New Jersey, huh? Yeah. By you. Where were you at from in Jersey? I, I, I'm not from Jersey, but I lived in North Jersey for 20 years. Paramus area, you know. Okay. Bergen County. Right. Uh, I was in New Brunswick till I was seven. Okay. Yeah. And then I moved back to New York when I was like 25, 28. Now, when you're, let, let's say like when you're a teenager, are, are you thinking about comedy or being a DJ or anything? No. You know? like, what was your I, ambition? Uh, <laughs> I read The Game by Neil Strauss. <laughs> yeah. And he said... <laughs> I tried stand-up comedy. Everyone should try stand-up comedy once. And I was like, that seems unnecessary. That seems a lot to do to yourself, to put yourself out there. Like, yeah, that's way, like, that seems extreme. That seems unhealthy. But now I do it for a living every day. So at that time, what were you thinking? Like, you know, you're 16, 17, somebody, uh -huh. you know, you want to be something. What are yeah. your, what are you striving to be? Or, or where do you, like, hope to end up? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember. I, it wasn't comedy. Uh, it wasn't sports because I kind of knew what I looked like, what I was shaped like. I don't remember what I want. I think I just wanted to be like an act. I, I think what I wanted to be was on Disney Channel. I think every kid wants to be on Disney Channel. Well, you know, if you make it to the Disney Channel, you're probably going to be rich eventually, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, someone's going to fuck you, too. <laughs> somebody's going to fuck you, too. Hopefully a girl, right? <laughs> yeah. Or a hot one, maybe. Hopefully not at Harvey Weinstein <laughs> or something. Yeah, but... uh I don't know. It depends on how much, maybe. Yeah. How much would it take for for Harvey Weinstein for me to have sex to, to give you a Harvey a hundred million dollar deal on a documentary? <laughs> hundred, um, like anal penetration. Yeah. Uh, ten million. I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs. But I mean, gay guys seem pretty happy. It doesn't seem like their assholes are too, too busted out from one go. I, I, it's probably not that big a deal. It's probably more a mental thing. Um, I would have to say, like, at least not five thousand. Five thousand is too low. I can make five thousand. I can just work harder. Yeah, you, you can't do that. For it needs to be an amount of money like I can't work for. Right. Uh, so probably, like, I don't want to sell myself <laughs> like I'm like some hot piece. Don't of answer ass. it because the guys you hang out with, the next thing you know, you'll be doing it on stage. <laughs> <laughs> so goodbye. Yeah, they have no chill. <laughs>
So you were so when you're growing up, you're not even thinking about this. You're reading that book and you're like, this sounds crazy. Yeah. So, so what are some shit jobs that you had prior to saying, okay, this is what I'm gonna do? I did the burger thing. I did the subway. I did Quiznos. Uh, I worked at a. I was an intern at a roller conveyor company. They make the roller conveyors that make solar panels and glass. And uh, I was like a mechanical engineer. I just graduated. I was an intern, and they just didn't give me any work just because they could sense my vibe. They were just sort of like, this guy's not serious. And then the intern after me had a bunch of work. So I was just sitting there browsing Reddit, positioning my computer in a way where it's hard to see what I was doing, uh, just goofing off. Uh, and, uh, yeah, just just working in an office, just collecting minimum wage because I was an intern. Uh, but that was like a job. Uh, and yeah, they just sniffed me out they were like we're not giving this guy anything like they didn't even give me a chance um and then uh i worked at a medical device startup company for uh my mechanical engineering degree i was just making things in 3d space or, that, kind of, that sounds kind of interesting yeah what they have you make uh, surgical tools for oh. laparoscopic surgery for the rotator cuff oh so you just make a little hole, put in little tools and fix it and come out so you don't have to like tear open the whole thing. And f So they had like little loops that you could stick a thing in and then pull it out and, you know, like all inside the shoulder with one little hole instead of, so I was making like the tools for that. Wow, that's uh, fucked me. And then they ended up using it or they use it today if they don't uh, have to go all the way in. I yeah, don't know if it's particularly the one that you it. did in 3D, but we'll just say that I was. made a grommet. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't know what they did with it. They just fucking had they're me using do it. it. Hands, they're <laughs> using it. You made it. They're using it. I got this episode is brought to you by Fiji. More than just water. This is not just rock. It's ancient volcanic rock that filters tropical rain, giving it double the electrolytes and its signature soft, smooth taste. It's not just water. It's Fiji water. Again, that's FijiWater.com slash MSCS, $5 off and free shipping. This episode is brought to you by Let's Get Checked. I want to talk to you guys out there who are working out all the time but aren't seeing any results. Your commitment isn't the issue. You're going to the gym all the time, different body parts, everything else. Before you go and buy a new supplement, try a new diet, new routine, let's talk about your testosterone. Low testosterone can affect anyone at any age. And low testosterone will take away muscle mass and you'll gain body fat. So let's talk about today's sponsor, Let's Get Checked. They're the worldwide leader at home testing kits. You order the testing kit, it's delivered right to your house, discreet packaging, next day delivery. You send it back, once it arrives in the laboratory, your results will be available in two to five days on your secure online account. So if you want to test your testosterone levels without leaving your home, visit try lgc.com slash mscs and use the code mscs at checkout and get 30 percent off the link is in the description at the top i sell myself well that's not my specialty <laughs> i was pretty bad at the job i got fired in six months i that really wasn't my passion i wasn't a very good mechanical engineer i wanted to do something more it felt like grunt work it felt like not that creative not that human like I wanted to do something more that you know only I could do like only I can tell my jokes in the way that I tell it so I feel more valued than like if um, my job is to make oh here's a picture of this make it in 
a 3d computer model it's like anyone can do that really so i just uh i i really wasn't good at it i got a 2.6 gpa in college i that was not my specialty <laughs> at least you went yeah <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't i graduated oh yeah you graduated too i got a, suspended for shoplifting one semester what did you steal what, what? just like a I bunch of shit cool. in target i went to target just started sh- stuffing my bag full of shit and then they i'd stolen from that target before so they stopped me at the door they're like excuse me sir can you come with me and i was like actually i'd rather not and then he just grabbed the police officer grabbed me by my neck and come with me and then i started digging in my pocket and i was like get your hands out your pocket and then he's like what are, you got a knife you got a little blade in here if i find if i cut myself i'll punch you in the face and a I t- target yeah it's oh, a police God. officer and then God. i took my glasses off and i was like oh you're gonna punch me in the face took my glasses off and that oh, kind of broke the tension it was like oh this guy's just a nerd trying to a steal. nerd goof did they yeah. let you go then yeah Oh no, they uh, charged me, but oh. then I hired lawyer, a lawyer, Jason Sheffield, the guy that's defending Travis and uh, McMichaels in Georgia, uh, the guy that shot Ahmad Arbery. Oh, yeah. He's their defense attorney, and he was my defense attorney. That's that's, that's crazy. It's <laughs> yeah. little crazy, Hans. Before he was defending George McMichael, he was defending me for <laughs> Hans shoplifting. For shoplifting, now he's doing this. <laughs> <laughs> you did something wrong. That's the guy. And he just got me off with community service, pre-trial diversion in Fulton County, Georgia, Atlanta. In Georgia, too. Yeah. That's not a place you really want to go to court, I don't think. Yeah. Especially where you just mentioned. <laughs> yeah. That's one of those places. That's another place that you avoid. You know, some places there. Yeah. You just yeah. don't go to that town. Atlanta. Yeah. There's somewhere right outside of Atlanta that it's like the Wild Wild West, like cop-wise, but they'll just bury you. Yeah. And you just got to respect them. <laughs> Go the fucking speed limit and don't piss them off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's not ideal. <laughs> I, I wish uh, it, was def- it was better. but So now when, when you're doing the, the solar panel thing and you realize, like, you don't want to be a robot, basically. You want to be creative. You don't want somebody to say, here, Hans, go do this. And, you know, some people are okay with that. Some people like to be given structure and they know that it's their nine to five and this is what I have to do. They like to be told what to do. Hmm. You don't like that. You don't like no. the robot shit. You like the independent, make it on your own thing. So yeah. when you leave, when you're done with the intern, you graduate college, at that point, where are you at with comedy? Or are you even thinking about comedy when you graduate? Yeah, I was sort of interested. I was checking out comedy places in Chattanooga, and I was like, oh, I could do it here. I hadn't done it, though. I would listen to Joe Rogan. or That's where I got the inspiration from. He was my male role model in terms of life like oh here's a guy that made it in life doing exactly what he wanted to do and he just sort of uh laid down a blueprint for how to do uh what you want and and succeed in life on your own terms instead of just doing what you're told uh so he said open mics you know comedy he laid out the the structure and the plan of it and it's uh it's a meritocracy and it's you get in what you get you, you get out what you put in so if you put more work in, you'll be more successful. And it's like, I have energy. I have the ability to work hard. So I'm not going to invest my time in a corporation that will fire me as soon as they find an Indian that can do it cheap. No offense to Indians. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm investing in myself. Uh, I might not be making money, but I'm interning for myself. And I'm accruing all the benefits to me instead of some company that's like, oh, you've been working here 10 years. Here's like a, a little plaque. 
uh that's that's I love it. yeah I, I love that thought process you know because right now like you said you're you're just breaking even or, or whatever but you're you're grinding to your goal because eventually you won't be breaking even anymore if you keep at it i mean look how far you've come six months ago <laughs> when i text you you know you're in a van yeah now look at you you know yeah. what about another year with that grind because the way i've seen your work ethic and not you know you saying it actions show it right and the way you've grown in the last eight months you know you're putting the work in while other people aren't and then and that's why you're coming up so as the ones that aren't working like you as they're falling off you're just building your way in yeah i mean i think people say millennials don't want to work we just don't want to work for some a system that we don't find uh that will treat us fairly if there was a system that treated us fairly then we would work hard and i think that's what comedy was for me and i found it through joe um he taught me that there was like an avenue like it's not a hundred percent i mean comedy is still a gamble it's a show business and we all know how like fickle that is um but you know we just need a rough estimate of fairness and we'll work hard we just don't want to work hard for you know a corporation that's been shown like look at detroit they just left yeah there's no there's no loyalty so we, I just uh, wanted something fair and something that would uh, reward my hard work. And I just found an avenue and I worked hard at it. And, uh, you know, I, I'm there's like not a, 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 a lack of people willing to work hard. We just need the right setup for that. Um, so, yeah, I think um, I, I really strived in that set, scenario because I knew that hard work would pay off because, you know, Joe Rogan did it. Uh, and yeah, he really inspired me. He's like, this is a, a good avenue to put your energy in. Like I needed a, 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 a safe place to work hard at. I didn't want to just work hard at something that might not pay off because then that hard work would be wasted. And like so many people, like the janitors work hard and then they're not rewarded. It's always 50-50. Whenever you're working for somebody else, every day of your life has got to be 50-50. And especially in a time like right now, right? So before you even met Joe, you had gotten, say, a bunch of clips, and that was kind of your blueprint. Then you decided, okay, I'm going to take the plunge, which is kind of a nutty plunge because it's so saturated. Like, the competition in comedy, I mean, I don't know. I would think it's as, as hard to be a stand-up comedian and do, you know, big, you know, stadiums and tours, arenas, shit like that. That's got to be harder than getting in the NFL or NBA or, or whatever, I would think. I mean, you when you sit down... You can only name, like me personally, like active, I can name maybe 10, 15 comics, mm. right? If you say football, basketball, whatever, you can name 50 different players. Yeah. You know, so I think just that's a tough, that's a tough, and then you're Korean <laughs> on top of that. Yeah. Which so I mean, that's a risky part. Yeah. So did that work in your favor or did that work negatively? Because that could go either way, <laughs> right? <laughs> I didn't really think it played a part in it but that might just be what I tell myself to keep doing it. Like there's like what's actually true and what I tell myself to motivate myself. And as a person that's living the life right now, the two is very mixed. I don't really know what is true and what I'm just telling myself so that I can be successful, but it really is not important to me. I mean, that's for the audience to decide. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't really think being Korean hurt me. Uh, when I go out to shows that I sell uh, with me as a headliner, I don't really see a lot of Koreans out there. I think people just come to see me for me 
and there's not a racial component to it yet, which I would love to. I love Korean people and I'd love to, you know, sell to that audience. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really think it hurt me. I don't think it helped me. Uh, I think like white people like to see white people, Asian people like to see Asian people. Uh, but the fact that I can uh, get white people, mostly white people, white dudes, to come out <laughs> is uh, is great. You know, I, I think it makes you more interesting because you look and you see this this South Korean guy, and you go, he's he's a comedian, what? And it makes you want to go see or watch or <laughs> listen to it. So I I think it it right. extremely helps. There's the familiarity from the outside versus you know, novelty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, when when you started doing the stand-up, what was it with, why did, uh, why was South Korea so into the, what was it, the Squid Games or whatever, and they kept asking you about them, or they would always refer to the Squid Games to you or something? Do you know what I'm talking about? On Kill Tony? Yeah. Like, they always would, like, you were always getting asked about, like, the Squid (laughs) Games. Like, why is that so popular in South Korea? I think it's more popular here in America than it was in South Korea. Um, I just saw it blowing up in South Korea, and I was, that's why I asked you, like, why that would be such a big thing. I think it makes sense to us. That's kind of how we feel. It's an exaggerated version of how we feel, but we're at least they're suffering on camera, on TV, for someone's benefit. But so much of the suffering that goes on in our economy is for no one's benefit. It's just uh, we are going through these human struggles of trying to make ends meet, and like nobody's watching, nobody cares. And it's just like, well, here, at least somebody's watching. At least there's a purpose to the suffering, the economic suffering that these people are going through. And I think uh, it it makes us be like, oh, like we are going through these momentous human uh, trials and nobody's even watching. Like, what is the point of this? And um, I think uh, it, it it brought like some, some sort of meaning and some sort of like, you know, conspiracy-minded sort of uh, rationale for what some people feel uh, and like what they feel like is going on in their lives. Um, but yeah, I, I think that uh, it was a, it, it, I mean, a lot of Korean movies like are like that now, like uh, Parasite. It's about a rich family and a poor family swindles them and then they're just going through, it's like about wealth and equality and all that. I think Koreans feel that. I mean, they lived under a military dictatorship. They have a very big protest culture. So, it, so it's very relatable to the way it is over there. Yeah. How how do you have family over there now? Yeah. So, what is it like over there now? Like as of today, twenty twenty two. I mean, how bad is it? <laughs> well, uh, I don't know that well, but I do know that kids go to school and then afterwards they go to Hagwon Academy. Uh, which is like after school programs and then they go home at like 9 p.m. Their whole day is just school, then hug one, and then sleep. And then they just do that. Like there's no time for life. There's no time for making friends and, you know, biking down to the creek and seeing a dead body. You know, it's it's all like structured. <laughs> it's all fucking crazy. <laughs> well, maybe that's why they don't let you go anywhere. So you don't get on the bike and ride down in a four-year-old sees a dead body, right? I mean, maybe there's some reason behind it. <laughs> Now over there, is it like, um, like you know, like in Cuba, like if you want to open up a business, like the government has to say okay, communist? Are they communist over there? No, South Korea is, um, you know, pretty neoliberal. I mean, oh. like the working class has been pretty much uh, kowtowed, and you know, uh, been you know, it's pretty capitalistic. Um, 
the uh yeah they're very very aligned with america uh and yeah they're on board with that you know they work like 60 hours a week there's like a lot of suicides <laughs> <laughs> they sleep well, in their office yeah well i mean at least they're working <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean that's beaten here <laughs> yeah you know? they they're willing to work hard well that's good yeah you know Come on over. Open the border for, for South Korea so that, you know, not this other shit. Not not the fentanyl people, the workers. You got it wrong, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So now how did you get on in with Kill Tony and Tony Hinchcliffe? How did I that, just signed up. You just what do you mean you just signed up? I just went, put my name in the bucket, got up a couple times, two or three times, and then Tony got cancelled for saying things about Asian people or saying things to an Asian person. And then he was like, you're Asian. When I come back from being canceled, do you want to, you know, it was like, because you got canceled for being racist to Asians and I was Asian. So that, it helped in that respect. Uh, and then it was just like, I sang the national anthem and it just took off from there. I just happened to be Asian at the right time. And then that's how, and then you, you were with them, what, eight months you were on Kill Tony and stole, and you would do what, a minute a week? Yeah. And then you just go up a minute a week and rip for a minute, right? Mm-hmm. And what do you think is so important about Kill Tony? To me, as an outsider for a comedy, it keeps it going. It, it gives comedians an opportunity to practice material, to see if they have it. And when I watch it, I think, well, right now you're going to be able to tell if this guy can handle it. You know, Because if you get that minute and you crush or you bomb, are you going to come back? Yeah. And the people you see coming back over and over and over are the people you know are serious, right? Yeah. So from an outsider the most important thing i think is it, it gives comedy an opportunity to continue to expand because <laughs> nobody else is helping you guys <laughs> yeah it's a ladder you know it helps us get to the next level the next echelon uh and it also informs you what a real audience is into when you're doing comedy open mics you're just performing for comedians you don't get a real clear picture of what it's all about and then you go up on kill tony and you're like doing your super alty left wing jokes and you're like oh they don't give a fuck this is not the real world and then you have to adopt to adapt to that that audience you know in your head even if you don't go up you're always thinking about it like oh would this work on kill tony so it sort of informs the scene to what a real audience and what a real crowd would would like so would like so it preps you for the future if you continue with it right yeah. how much do you think that helped your your career and your expanding oh i used to watch kill tony all the time i think it was a great experience um just to like tell me like oh this is what a real audience would like and just in the back of my mind to put that in there um but yeah and then i moved to austin and started doing it in person so that was awesome but yeah i think it helped a lot and before you moved to Austin, started doing it like you are now. What were what's some advice you got from Tony, and then when you met Rogan, what's some advice they gave you as you're heading into, you know, that looks like a pretty big crowd there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> when you're, you know, moving toward that situation, what's some advice that you were given from these monsters? I mean, they're very uh, hands off almost. It's like we're independent contractors. Um, before the show, like there's just telling me, you got this, uh, I believe in you and you know, I can't tell you how to be you, but just have confidence in what you are. 
And that's what I love about Kill Tony. It's it doesn't matter. You shouldn't try to be like the last guy that did well. You should be a better version of yourself. Just continue to be you because yeah. that's what got you to the point where you're at. Yeah. Now, is there a specific routine you have before say like that that one there when you're on stage with a gazillion people? <laughs> is, is there a routine that you have the day before you just say fuck it and just do what you always did whether, you know, when there was 50 people and now there's 5,000? nothing's changed well i'm always mindful of uh yeah i try to keep it the same you don't want to be too different uh but i try not to like be too negative you know i try not to be too positive i just try to be real and you know just i try not to do anything different i try to just fucking um just be myself whatever that means uh just do whatever uh, comes easiest to me you know just be comfortable and be happy and uh, you know I don't have to be extremely happy I don't have to like do like a bunch of cocaine and fuck a bunch of hookers <laughs> I can just like you know be uh, happy in my level and then things will just you know progress from there I don't I don't try to be anything that I'm not uh, there's very low pre- like I don't try to do anything I, that's that's the one thing that I do pre-show is just I don't try to go out of my way to help myself. I'm just like, this is just go through your normal life. And that's the preparation. That way there's no pressure. So you found a way to make it where you're able to block out the crowd, block out everything where it's just you being you and you're going out and doing another gig like you've done 17,000 other times. (laughs) Well, uh, there's a little bit of that where I'm just like this. I'm just doing comedy. I'm just telling jokes. I'm just talking to people. I'm connecting with people. That's what I've done for the last nine years. But then I also want to let them in. I don't want to just completely shut them out because then it's not a fun experience for them or me. I want to be there in the moment. Like, this is crazy. Like, we're here. There's 17,000, 19,000 people. I want to be in that moment. Like, if I'm not here for this moment, then what moment would I be present <laughs> yeah, for? You want to feel the charisma, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 awesome. That's an awesome way to look at it. How do you write your jokes? Do, do you write them? Like, are you writing every day? Do you talk into a recorder? How, how do you do your jokes? Uh, I just do like this stuff you know like right now there could be a joke somewhere in here (laughs) Uh, but yeah I I just live my life and then write it down sometimes I write 2,000 words a day and uh, just diary just diarrhea out my mouth or my brain and just write it down whatever is in my head just get it out there practice getting my thoughts into text and then the later on in the day it's easier to get my thoughts into text because I did that uh, but yeah, just living life and finding the humor where anyone, anyone does it. The only difference is I write it down. So, so I, you, so you'll write, let, let's say like it's a diary. It's almost like a diary. You'll, you'll write a diary every day. And then within that diary, you'll find something that happened in your life. That's funny that you could take what you wrote down and turn it into a joke to then perform. And then you go test it. Right. That's mm-hmm. how this whole process works. You right. go to wherever a dive bar maybe to test it or maybe uh the where everybody goes in cali um comedy store yeah, the comedy story i don't know yeah. if you want to test there but <laughs> <laughs> no have you yeah. have you tested shit there before i've done an open mic there once how was that it was fun you didn't get crushed 
Uh, no, I mean, it's not really set. The open mic is like people are half paying attention. They're like, oh, okay. oh you're not, this isn't the real show. You're, you're just faking it. Dave so. was Dave was telling me the first time he went, they they put him. Who the fuck did they put? Uh, he was over there. Uh, Ace, uh, what's what's Ace's name? Ace Ventura. No, no, maybe not Ace. The the, the comedian. He, he stopped for a while. I thought I, he was on. Dice Clay. Dice Clay. Yeah. Uh. So, I think when David went, Dice was right after him or right before him whichever way it was the before first, him would be yeah, worse w- w- whichever way he could get killed the most yeah, is the way it was set him. up yeah so our friend uh, David Lucas they put at the comedy right uh, Hans will tell you I don't know if you know from the past but they'll put monsters right after you or what, what they put them before you right yeah. <laughs> yeah and people get hammered have you ever gone there and seen somebody just get annihilated but then you know came back later alright <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it happens all the time. People bomb all the time. Uh, one show doesn't really define you, but uh, yeah, hopefully you can do better afterwards. Um, but yeah, it's tough when people see like greatness and then they're like, wow, that was awesome. And then you go up there and they're like, well, that's not the same as the thing that we just saw. <laughs> and you kind of got to just grab your balls and be like, all right, well, one day I'll be that guy and there's going to be somebody, you know, that I'm going to make look like shit, right? Yeah. I mean, with stand-up, you're going up there with everything. You're going up there with your looks, with your sound of your voice, and your reputation. So if someone has reputation, they're, uh, they're, they have that to work with, and you might not have it, but that doesn't mean that you won't in the future. And that, that, that's just an, uh, an aspect of your game that you don't have right now, which you know everyone doesn't have that at some point, unless you're you know, a superstar that starts out comedy later. But yeah, there's no shame in um, you know not having that sort of part of your game worked out. So uh, yeah, I mean it, it's all about perspective and you know how you handle your bombs. Yeah, <laughs> figuring it Give out. Give me an example of one that you did before you know before you started doing stuff like that. Maybe there's only 300 people, but I mean you just bombed like something funny where you just destroyed not in a good way i mean like it was just terrible like maybe <laughs> forgot something or what give me an example of like a really bad situation you were in and how you handled it um <laughs> i mean there's got to be a handful dude yeah i we mean all fuck up. i uh i bomb all the time uh <laughs> i take risks <laughs> i i don't get laid a lot so i could not get laid tonight you know i'm really i'm an expert in not getting laid <laughs> how much did the numbers go up though after this after a couple of these shows these big ones MGM. numbers had to have gone up after the mgm i mean it, it happened a week ago um maybe it didn't settle in yet yeah i mean it's, it's pretty recent um yeah it was uh it was a great experience i mean i don't really need uh, a lot of external like you know like followers or whatever i do like that but i try not to um but yeah the the experience in itself is a reward uh and that that gave me the sort of confidence that i needed to really progress that's fantastic so now take me through that day because this is when you open for rogan right Mm -hmm. so how does that happen so take me from a to z how do you first off who calls you to say hey do you want to open for rogan then yeah, I'll open for Rogan. Take me through the whole process until the day you do it, <laughs> and then when you're on stage. Well, because I mean that's I, a that, big deal. That's huh? the thing I love. Congratulations, about, by the way. Thank you. That's the thing I love about Rogan is that uh, 
is very personal. We're friends before we are business part. We're not. We're not business partners, really. Um, and he just told me, like in person, like, "Hey, you want to do this? Yeah, sure." Uh, so it's very personal. It's, we're people. We're making pe human connections. We're talking like humans do. There's not like, oh, my agent will contact. I hate that shit. Yeah. So it's human. That it's it's so much better that way. It's personal. It's uh, it's meaningful. There's eye contact, and it's because of love and not because of you know this will get me X dollars or whatever. Yeah. Like I I can't help. Like he doesn't give a shit about. <laughs> yeah, but right. I it's not like he needs you, right? He, yeah, He's I don't know why long. he did that. <laughs> I'm glad that he did, and if he's willing to continue, um, you know, bugging me, then like I'll let him. I I hate the whole agent thing. Even even like you know with this shit, you know now I I, I just hate it because you you try to get somebody in and then they got 17 agents and then by the time you get to the actual agent that knows the guy, it's you know, it's just a yeah. Master. There's no agents. It's just him and I just talking and uh yeah. I I I think that's awesome. Even him at his level, uh, he doesn't respect and need that sort of you know management type Bull of thing. Bullshit, even though yeah. he has that, and people would die for that. You know, people would love to be like, oh, I'll have my agent send you an email. Like that sounds like so like real cheesy shit. and corny to me i mean yeah. i have to deal with it but <laughs> but when i get that i'm like you can't just type back yourself and just yeah. like yeah I'll, yes or no but like with you guys like david it's you know for the last year we talk all the time you know he's really really good friend of mine but even uh louis ck you know it's directly with him there's no agent you yeah know, same and i it's me and that's david. why comedians are so successful in podcasting yeah all the best podcasters you know um, a lot of them uh, the musicians aren't doing it you know it's because comedians know that real interaction they, they're in front of real people all the time they treasure and respect that uh, intimacy that comes with real connections and I think that's something that a lot of other artists don't have access to actors are always you know eight, like auditions they're like oh you're approved you're not but comedians we don't get approved by an by a, an audition we get approved by the audience laughing so we know what it's like to have authentic real interactions and i think that's why comedians are more into like that sort of talk, talking to each other makes total sense because that's what you're doing all day long even when you're practicing even if yeah. you're talking into the mirror seeing how you look when you tell a joke you know you're, you're constantly interacting yeah so now you get on that stage right now just think about that time what are you thinking when you because before what 50 300 people maybe 500 what are there five thousand people there mm -hmm. now when you're there and that light's hitting you like that on top i'd love to have that just one day shining down on me like i'd brag to everybody uh what does that feel like like seeing all that and then how long did you have up there 15 minutes um well i feel like it's a chance to connect with people on a level that i haven't before this is like what this is all about is like connecting with people and this is a giant opportunity to do that and uh i just approach it like a normal organic human interaction like there's an interaction between you and another person you and a girl you and uh five people when you're telling a story in a party there's 
you and you know 50 people at a small comedy club this is just another version of that and to make it more organic and to connect with that audience like i've done with audiences before and just treating it like an audience that i want to connect with as much as possible i think that's the best way to do it did you fuck up at all or was it a solid 15 minutes um yeah it was pretty fun yeah i mean i had a good time you know it's just uh it's like it is what it is you know it's organic you know it's uh the the label good or bad is like kind of uh you know a little black and white um but i think that overall it went well um but um you know the thing that i treasure most about it is the connection that i got with that audience at that moment and anything else that i got out of it some ego trip you know like oh fuck yeah i fucking fucked the audience in the face (laughs) would be unhealthy yeah so I just try to treasure like the real moments that I had with that audience. When I said something about women playing sports, how I don't think it's that good. Like we all shared in that experience. And that, those are the kind of moments that I treasure instead of like, you know, uh, you know, like, oh, yeah, look at me. Whoa, I'm still fucking being because home. you think like that. That's probably why you got that gig because <laughs> you really because you think like that because you're not. Like you're sitting here, you're not like, oh, I, yeah, I'm so cool. I open up for Rogan and all these heavy hitters. You're sitting here saying, no, it was cool that I got to express myself to 5,000 people. Like I love Rogan. I love mm-hmm. my people, you know, my friends. But okay, but this, I got to express myself to 5,000 different people that yeah. you wouldn't have been able to before. Would have yeah. taken longer. I mean, it's uh, the after the show, it's like, that's when you brag about it but when you're doing it that you don't want to brag about about it so when you're done what did you do after the show i just hung out with the most powerful man in media and uh met some of his famous friends that wanted to uh you know who showed up for him uh and just soaked in the energy of that that moment of that show is his club open yet nope and when's it supposed to open i thought he kept saying October, it's, right? He's working on it. I mean, you know, with the f- whole, you know, economy and inflation and all that. But, yeah, he's working on it. And he doesn't do anything half-assed. Like, his studio is badass. His fucking, you know, comedy club is going to be the same way. It's going to be the best. And best the the things that are great take time. And it'll you only open up once. So, uh, yeah, he's not going to do it in a bad way you know he's gonna make sure it's right before it happens do you think it'll be this year um august that's what uh david lucas was saying he <laughs> he but you know that was three months ago that was yeah. before the economy took a real yeah. turn you know it's hard to say i i try to find out but <laughs> they, <laughs> they keep it real hush hush yeah well at least you're there you know you'll be there right yeah i hope so yeah yeah that's, i'm that's gonna really keep cool. trying to not fuck it up <laughs> so now I know this is old news, but um, just to touch on it real quick, with the Chappelle thing, you know the the asshole jumping up on there, and when when we saw it, you know those the guys in those yellow shirts, they're not doing anything, and the two other security guys, they were so into the show, they didn't even see that guy on the corner. You know, there was a good like four or five seconds that he got up all the way onto the stage and got to Chappelle. I mean, that's a long time. That's five seconds to react. And then the Will Smith bullshit. How do you think that that 
those two situations and whatever else affects comedians in general. Do you think it has any effect where now they're thinking twice about what to say? You know, like the heavy hitters, Chappelle, Rock, you know, yeah. everyone that everybody watches. Do you think they'll come out differently now? Um, I, I think that the rot is in our society itself and the comedy is just like an aspect of it so i think that we have been dealing with a society that's been sort of schizophrenic for a while and then the physical violence is just uh an ex exclamation mark on it but i think it comes from a really fractured society so i think that is a bigger issue at hand you know the whole trans thing versus like black lives matter or whatever i think that's the bigger issue um, the physical violence is like that's a symptom of it and I think like overall it, it's just like there's a there's a real problem with society and comedians are you know are a, an, a very potent like part of it and we feel a lot of what's going on in society but um, the physical violence um, I think is uh is easy to ignore at this point you know it's a few edge cases um i think it's the mental thing that really gets to us and i think it, overall if society was better you know it, it would make the comedy better and it would make all art forms better but i think that there's that we're going through something right now and i think that's what's affecting the art form more well i think if somebody gets fucking decked like decked and laid the fuck out one time that ends all that shit with them jumping up on stage. But you know, when you let Will Smith do what he did and then give him a war, let him stay there and give him an award that gives to me, that sends the message to other people that are interested in doing stupid shit. Wow. It must be okay because he didn't get kicked out and he got a fucking award at the end. And then the guy was Chappelle. We heard about that guy for two or three days. If it would have been somebody else or something else, you would have heard about that for two weeks, yeah. you know? So, and I think that they really should respect comedy more because what's life without laughter? When when you go and you're spending, you know, $100 to fill up your gas tank that used to be 40, you're not laughing. You know, when you go to get groceries and they don't have shit and what they do have is three times what it was, you're not laughing. But I could put on hands Kim and see this guy from South Korea come out and say some crazy shit that you never would think would come out of your mouth. But I don't think comedians are respected as they should be. They're, they're just not. How do you feel about that? Well, I would like to see gas go down. I would like to see grocery stores. <laughs> I think everybody would. <laughs> I think that's a bigger issue. And then the comedy is on top of that. But I think like the reason why I got into comedy is because this has been forecasted for a while. Like this isn't our priority we're not trying to take care of people. So I'd rather than participating in it, I'd rather make fun of it. Are you into the VR stuff and the metaverse and all that? Uh, yeah, I have a little VR set. Uh, I did the virtual red band. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's pretty cool. I saw Davis. Did you see Davis? No, David has one. He's, he's, he's in the metaverse and he's walking around and doing crazy shit. <laughs> you gotta see it when you get back. Yeah, I think it's the future. I think it's really cool. Yeah, I mean, but there's nothing like live comedy, though. You mm -hmm. know, I, I just hope that it doesn't turn into all this metaverse and everything's virtual, but it kind of looks like we're headed in that direction inevitably, and I don't know that there's any way to change it. 
Do you yeah. think in your lifetime that it will turn to straight virtual? There won't be much live things. Um, I, uh, I, I think that if it does, that means it's better. And if it's doesn't, that means that real life is better. I think it, it'll just depend on how good it gets. And it like may the best man win, you know, free market competition. Let's see which one is better. Um, uh, I think that, uh, if, if it's meant to be, it's, it'll happen. But I mean, there's always the option for real life shit. So it, it's always going to be a competition and it's, let's just see which one people prefer. Yeah. I, what pops in my head that probably shouldn't, but I think about, did you see the last jackass? Yeah. Crazy, right? I mean, absolutely insane. Yeah. Can you imagine that being in like a metaverse and watching that? <laughs> and they're like actually doing it somehow, but yeah. you're there. Uh-huh. Um, Johnny Knoxville, he got what really fucked him up was that bull, right? Mm-hmm. That's what, because I saw an interview. Have you seen an interview with him lately? I don't think he's fully recovered from that, that bull. Mm. I mean, you got to respect the guy for doing it. I mean, he's hung strong with Jackass for what, 20 years? Because they had the 10 and then the 20. Yeah. They got balls, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're experts at it. That takes skill because people stiff up at the wrong time, but they know how to fall. They know how to roll with the punches. I think people, you know, well, I know people don't realize that these are professionals. So you know, when you see that fat guy, yeah. fat short guy, you know, putting gas in that little motorcycle, and then two got three. Did you see it, Scott? No. Oh my God! There's one part. There, there's a lot of parts that are crazy, but one is. There's, uh, I forget his name, but there's a big heavy guy and he gets on like a mini motorcycle. Mm -hmm. Remember that part? Yeah. And it starts with a bike and they jump, they ramp off three guys and ramp onto the other ramp with another three guys, just a piece of plywood, three guys under it, another piece of plywood, three guys under it. And it starts with a bike (laughs) and then it turns into a mini motorcycle. And the guy at the bottom, for some reason, is the one that seemed to get the most pain, but (laughs) Like you said, they're professionals. So yeah. although they're crazy and they're comedians in a form or whatever you want to stunt men, yeah. they know how to move when that bike is coming, right? Otherwise, yeah. they'd be fucking paralyzed. <laughs> like if me or you tried to do it, we'd be fucked. Yeah, <laughs> they're all skateboarders. They all started from a skateboarding magazine. They know how to fall. They know how to do tricks and stuff and land. And yeah, they're all experts at that. Scott, you know steve he was on the show right okay in the movie he sits there whips out his dick and they let out thousands of bees and his whole entire dick and balls is covered with bees and getting stung by bees right (laughs) remember that part Uh it's fucking crazy man i don't know how these guys do it i guess it's mind over matter right yeah I mean, they're, they survived it. They they take the risks. Like, they, they take calculated risks. I don't know if that... But that thing that Knoxville did with that bull, last time he got flipped and he kind of landed and just broke a few things. This time, he got flipped and it wasn't moving. Have you seen any interviews with him as of late? No. Not, not of late, but I, I saw some, some early stuff. And he did stuff right in front of me, you know. Like all crazy shit? Oh, my God. He's out of his mind. I think he's pretty broken now. Yeah. I think the last time I saw him, he was just like, <laughs> I'm done, <laughs> I think. You know, he, I think he had enough. The last time you saw him, was it after they did this last uh, Jackass no, movie? No, it was before that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, well, this one, believe me, he felt, he felt this one. So whatever... <laughs> 
however he was acting before, <laughs> you can multiply that by a few right hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. And then um, I saw uh, Paulie Shore was on Kill Tony. I haven't heard that name in forever. He he knows him from back in the day. Yeah, he's a comedy store royalty. He's uh he's part of the scene. Everyone loves him. He's like been part of that scene for a while. Is he kind of want to come back, or was he just hanging out? Yeah, he's doing uh, stand up comedy a lot. I, you know, he does. He goes up at the comedy store, and a lot of people, uh, you know, respect and uh, work with him because. Um, yeah, he's he's a, he's a great uh, showman, and uh, his mom was Mitzi Shore, and he's been a part of the comedy store forever. He's awesome. It is I can't think of one. Can you think of one not funny movie with him in it? I can't think of one. Can he's you? he's the new Pinocchio. Oh, is he? Yeah. I don't know. Oh shit! He's playing the new Pinocchio. Yeah, he's Pinocchio, <laughs> that should be funny. Pinocchio. <laughs> He's got a great voice for it, even though he's um, an older man right now. He's got a great child voice. He's like a child at heart. I guess I can. I, I guess I can kind of see him playing uh, Pinocchio. I mean, I guess right. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. What do you think about UFOs? Do you think they're Do you think they're real? Because all that sightings and shit that they're showing lately. Um, I think that uh, like they could be real. I uh I haven't really seen any evidence for it. Um but uh yeah, I mean, I think it's a, such a such a uh black box. It could be anything. It could be like a little plant or it could be like, you know, uh super beings that don't even have a physical body. So I uh it's just hard to say without any evidence. So it's just yeah. like it, it is whatever you want it to be and I'd rather just like think about things that I know are actually real. But yeah, it could be real, but I I just uh, don't know uh, where to start with it because yeah, it's hard to know what is actually like happening and what's not. Yeah, I I think it's I think what I think they're there, but I just think what what they're showing. I think it's military, and I think they're they they either it's either our military or somebody else's military, and we don't know, and they're just using UFOs to deflect. Because why now all of a sudden UFO UFO UFO? Where before they never even talked about it. So it seems like a deflective mechanism to me. Mm-hmm. Now, did you think um, Trump was good for comedy? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he had to have gotten a fucking shit ton of jokes out of that. Yeah, I think overall, I don't think <laughs> I don't think it was that good. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Monster Energy. Tear into a can of the meanest energy drink on the planet, Monster Energy. It's the ideal combo of the right ingredients in the right proportion to deliver a big bad buzz that only Monster can. Monster packs a powerful punch, has a smooth, easy drinking flavor. Athletes, musicians, co-eds, road warriors, metalheads, geeks, hipsters, and bikers dig it. You will too. Monster Energy is more than just the green OG. Monster has Monster Ultra. Juice Monster, Monster Hydro, Rehab Monster, Dragon Tea, Monster Max, Muscle Monster, and many more. Buy on Amazon, buy on Walmart, or go to MonsterEnergy.com and believe me, you'll find a place. Unleash the Beast, Monster Energy. I think it'd be better if we had like a stable society and then we can build on top of it. Um, But yeah, I think it made people way more sensitive which is bad for comedy and it made people really on edge and stuff. Um, so I think overall, like 
it would be better if we just had a stable society and people didn't go to comedy for their news. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's kind of a problem, right? If you're going to the news for comedy, something might not quite match up, right? Yeah. But then, I mean, you go to the news now and what the fuck? <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, what do you do, right? Yeah. So aside from, obviously, I would assume this, what has been the best day in the last six months? Because you've just grown like crazy. So beside the M the MGM, what yeah. what's something a day or a, an evening that just sticks out because of the rapid just growth? I mean, you were in a van. Yeah. Probably like some of the parties that I throw at my house where it's just all positivity and people are just gathered and this is something that I can be a lightning rod for and gather up all the people and I could create a little social gathering full of happiness and make a, a better time for people. Uh, so I, I just think things like that and just getting to talk to people and uh, having a party like that I think was really, really an awesome thing. It's like a real world benefit that I could provide uh, for my community that I have in Austin and uh, uh, yeah it's just uh, uh, th that I could impart positivity with no strings attached I think was was a cool thing that's that's all I want to do is like be a positive thing in the community and, and then when you do have something like that and it is positive then the networking just naturally just clicks like crazy right because mm -hmm. everybody's getting along they're in a good mood and then you network and before you know it boom yeah. things are happening right mm -hmm. so I mean that makes total sense you know with that so when you go all around florida and then you have some in august right uh -huh. you have some shows in august yeah where you pull up a uh, tab uh four i think is with uh all his links so wh where do you have in august um i uh i i don't really know i think i, I think it's actually i think you're back in uh texas i think yeah I think you're back in texas I have a dating show that I do that's pretty similar to Kill Tony. Tell me about this dating show. I didn't see that. I just pick two names out of the bucket, and then people just show up, and they go on a date, and then we interview them. So That's fucking cool. Was that on YouTube? Yeah. It's called Other People. Go to uh, YouTube. Other People Comedy. Yeah, I didn't see it. So, so you have two people. So how does this work? So break it down for me. Because so I we, can't play YouTube on YouTube. Oh. <laughs> We pick uh, two names out of a bucket, man and a woman, and then the two people go on a date on stage for one minute, and then we interview them afterwards, be like, why did you say that? What, did, what were you thinking? And what do you do for a living? And what do you like to do on dates? And then it's, just, it's like a Kill Tony thing, and then it's a chance to riff and do one-liners. That's on top cool. Of their answers. I think yeah. that's going to kill. Yeah, I have a good time. We're doing it this Sunday. Give me one that's, that was real funny. Uh, well, we that's talked to a uh, bunch of people. Yeah, just just we, cut that out. We talked to this guy who was uh, married to this woman, and he was like super autistic. He works with semiconductors, and uh, I was like, "You're not semiconducting any sexual energy." Um, <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, he's like a nerd, and he the first question that he asked his date is. Uh, do you like to go down for your pleasure or for his? And she was just like, what? Why are you asking me if I like to go down on our first date? So he was just like super nerdy and did not understand how he was coming off and was asking super sexual questions.
Uh, we'll definitely have that in the description because I that that sounds fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. That sounds really cool. Yeah. Now, when you're getting in this, you're blowing up. There's all these drugs, you know, everything. And then the money starts coming in. What are some things you're doing to make sure you don't fall into that pitfall where, you know, you need drug, not weed, like where you need drug drugs to get up on stage. And then before you know it, whatever money you do make, you blow. The next thing you know, you're broke. Yeah. So what strategy do you have for the future to make sure that that doesn't happen? Because especially in the comedy world, some of the best ever, you know, fell to, you know, addiction, unfortunately. Uh, I'm pretty uh, nerdy. You know, I'm pretty boring. I don't really uh, need that much excitement in my life. You know, I like playing Catan. So that's sort of my drug. Uh, I am not Catan? that sort of Why don't I know what the fuck Catan is? What's Catan? Settlers of Catan is a board game and they have it online as well. Um, but it's, uh, it, I just, I'm just sort of a nerd and I don't really uh, need the biggest endorphin rush to be happy. I don't really trust my emotions and my feelings. I'm more in my head, so I don't really need to feel that good. And so I don't think that the layer of drugs is really my uh, Achilles heel. I mean, I do love drugs, but it's mostly for uh, psychedelic effects. But you're not that type of guy that needs it because you get your psychedelic effects just being on stage in general right mm -hmm. and the overall life just like having a good career it's not the same as the immediate rush of a drug but it's more uh reliable and uh potent over the long run this question uh from your friend tyler <clears throat> he asked me about your pronouns tyler uh tyler booking tyler yeah. Yeah, he said to ask you about pro pronouns. Uh-huh. Do you know what the fuck he's talking about? <laughs> yeah. I never know what, what he's talking about. Yeah, so. I mean, I'm very pronoun, anti-verb. Um, pronouns, I guess, are, you know, chink and gook. <laughs> or like uh, Dago, wetback, cracker, whatever. <laughs> Would that be a pronoun? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's part of our life now i guess some people aren't a he or a she but uh yeah i mean i think that uh um it's very few people in the population and i don't think it's a, that we should like change our whole culture to accommodate these people that uh make up less than one percent of the population and i think we should uh, focus on other things rather than really getting really good at gender Maybe we could get good at, you know, space rockets. I think it's just a waste of time to just get really into yourself and your genitals. I think it's just narcissism. I agree with you. Maybe we should get into things that matter, right? <laughs> you know, not shit that... What, what, what is the gender thing going to do other than just create conflict? It's not helping anything. We're yeah. not advancing. While we're worried about gender and going green, other countries are just advancing, advancing, advancing. Mm -hmm. It's scary shit. And yeah. while our country is on the brink of a depression, mm. you know, every other country is like, oh, this is really good. Boom, yeah. boom, boom. <laughs> and I just hope to hell when uh, when China does make their move on Taiwan, I hope we don't fucking step in. Because if we step in, we're fucked. Because yeah. everything comes from China. Yeah. Economically, we exported all our jobs there. So we just fucked ourselves a little bit. And now we don't have the tools to make things ourselves just hopefully he stays the fuck out of it and doesn't sanction him and just lets him through i don't think he should have stepped in with ukraine 
Uh, me personally, they've been that Soviet Union war has been going on forever, and yeah. even just helping them a little bit, you know, China's lining up with Russia, and Russia's lining up with Iran, lining up with Iran because China wants to be the superpower. Mm-hmm. So they want that whole line, and they're yeah. probably going to fucking get it. Yeah, eventually. I mean, we were trying to use Russia as our little piggy bank and be like, take out a loan so that we can restructure you, and they were like, we don't have to. We got nuclear arms. <laughs> And then America was like, okay, then we're going to fuck with you. And then they turned into a cartel, you know, like a mob run country. Um, But I think if we were, you know, more interested in like the well-being of all countries that we wouldn't try to, uh, you know, you know, like try to make every country like pay us money and pay us like a little tribute. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think like, uh, we set Russia on this path and like, I, I don't think it's healthy that they're, um, that they're alone in the world and they need to start conquering other countries to, uh, just, you know, have some sort of, uh, semblance of power. Um, I think like we are responsible for creating like a very doggy dog world. And I think we should like create a more, uh, a peaceful world we should just be happy with like what we have now because it's it's good what we have now we should but i think we need this. to to fix us first like fix the united states first before we start diving into ukraine and russia and china and taiwan look at our country let's get peace here let's get positivity here and get all the things that are wrong here together before we start worrying about other countries and spending money on other countries when we're already through the roof and spending money yeah that's this just because this is where we live this is where we are so this should be number one i would think but well people in this country are always pursuing more profits if they can make a profit in guatemala they're gonna you know raise their uh crops and grow bananas so that we can get money off of that so i think like uh we have enough and we just need to like you know focus on ourselves and make ourselves more resilient get rid of our ghettos and make sure everyone isn't uh, struggling I think that would be awesome but you know and, and to to actually prove your point of the money and everything else we have more prisons than any other country here and they're privately owned mm-hmm. so that means privately owned so like the feds don't own them you, like you own that prison mm-hmm. so the more you build the more you make the more <laughs> that means the more that the feds make so the more people you put in these private prisons the more they make so it's insanity to do that you know, because you got guys in there still doing 10 years for weed and they don't let them out. Yeah. Why? Because private prison and they're making money. Now, should they be still doing 10 years for weed when you or I and nine out of 10 states can go get a medical card? Hell no. Yeah. I mean, don't you think that's crazy? Yeah. It's uh, some people are in jail right now for laws that don't even exist anymore. It's like having people in jail for uh, having interracial marriages. It's like, that's we've we've progressed past that oh yeah what happened with uh i'm a big fan of his uh brendan schwab what happened with him what's what's the whole controversy with him <laughs> is, is it all over that ufc shit something happened with bobby lee i'm not sure or, yeah bobby lee some bullshit i don't know yeah i mean he put out a special and the internet is very uh cruel to him like they don't like him they just see a bully that or they see a, a big guy that's handsome that they can shit on and i think that they just uh 
would uh, ha have been bullied by people that look like him and they this is their opportunity to get back at uh, big strong people it's ridiculous he's funny as hell he had just come out with a, a whiskey or or some type of liquor that he was working on forever yeah i, I saw him in uh dana with uh david he's funny as shit and what did he say joke see why why don't why doesn't the media who likes to do whatever dumb shit they do why don't they take an hour special, right? Say at the five o'clock news or whatever prime time is about comedy and make it very clear. Comedy is a joke. <laughs> when a comedian goes on stage, whether he says something racist, sexual, it's a fucking joke. It's a comedy show. Yeah. He's a, he or she is a comedian. Mm -hmm. That's what they do for a living. So like Brandon, whatever the fuck he said, he's a comedian. I don't, you know, when did you notice this? Because, you know, you've been doing this for a while and now you're hitting. When did you notice that every little thing that you say as a comedian in the comedy world is, you know, up, chatter band or up, you're racist, but you're not racist. You're just a fucking comedian cracking a joke to make everybody laugh. Yeah. When did you really start to see that happening? Probably like when Trump became president, it really kicked up a notch. It's always sort of been there, but now it's like people are like, oh, this is important. Like we gotta like start enforcing uh, the rules of comedy because it you know Trump is president now, and so that's when I saw it really ramp up. But uh, yeah, I mean I think it's always sort of been there. It's just uh, you know some people have more power now than they did in the past, and uh, yeah, it's um, it's really just like people are so on edge. And I think that's why Trump was bad for comedy is just because he made it like now comedians have to have this undue burden on them instead of just making jokes. Now we have to like say the right things. It's like that's not what comedy is uh, about. I see the correlation. So you have Trump. Trump becomes president. He starts doing all these speeches, you know, saying to us funny stuff, mm -hmm. you know, but to a normal person who wants like a formal, you know, like a professional acting president is not funny, but. To me, at least, it, it's funny, but yeah. you know. But then, so then he goes up. So then they start the censoring stuff. Yeah. So that they can censor him, and then that led on to comedians, podcasters, everything else is what you're saying. Yeah. That's a great point. I never thought of it that way. That's a hell of a point. And if I think about it myself, that is a, around the Trump era. Maybe 18 is when I personally started seeing the censor things happen, just in general, not you know, podcast wise, just a lot of censoring and then bringing up things and now it's just fucking horrible yeah i mean if they feel like they have no power politically they're gonna take out their power in whatever way they can they're like oh this guy isn't following the rules and i don't have to follow the rules either and then they just have a carte blanche to do whatever they want in their mind and it just creates an unhealthy dynamic well, it did like uh like Joe Rogan said, whenever they, you know, Twitter started to get worried because Elon's coming and he's going to get that open source and see everything they did. And they started deleting, deleting, deleting as fast as they fucking can before he got the actual <laughs> hold of it. I mean, imagine those fingers. Can how many how many people do you think they had there going in that in that building? They probably had people in fucking overtime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week hitting delete. Yeah, you, they had. Right. You know, yeah. and then. They start doing that, and then, then boom, I think Rogan went up, what do you say, like 300,000 or 3 million followers? Yeah. So now when you take that, there's you too, and there's a bunch of guys like Rogan. 
So imagine how much you guys have been held back. Like Rogan already made it. He's already up to, you know, he's there, right? Yeah. But guys like David Lucas, you know, that are up and coming and on the cuff of breaking through, you know, big time. You, you know, guys like you. You know, that bullshit could have held you back years. Yeah. I, I mean, that's just insane, especially when you're using those platforms to 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 progress your career and your career maybe isn't progressing when it should be and it's not because it's at the hands of somebody else yeah that's fucking insane yeah and then but it all evens out in the end because they might keep us down but they uh boost up some people that they agree with that are not that funny like hannah gatsby (laughs) and then people go to their shows and have a bad time and then they're like let's not go there again and then people go to david lucas's show they have a great time and then you know like the social media is just one aspect of marketing uh the day-to-day real life shit that we do that comedians have to do uh is uh is also a factor and i think a bigger factor uh and that is unimpacted by uh shadow banning you know we can still get word of mouth marketing going on and the social media just adds on top of that and it helps but uh yeah i mean i think that uh overall even if they try to boost up some person that they agree with if they're not funny then it's not really going to do anything more people are going to find out that they're not funny is all that they're doing and uh yeah that's the good thing about comedies we have to travel we have to tour like musicians they uh they can sit in their studio and record an album uh and then the studio has it and they can charge a percentage uh, but with comedy, we are going, we're traveling, we're seeing how many people show up. We know how much tickets are. We have control of uh, the real world, uh, you know, the real world uh, marketing that uh, comedians have to do. So I think that's that's an advantage of our art form. But still, even with that being said, if you were never shadow banned, like you're in now, you're in with your guys. You got lucky. You got in with Kill Tony, with Red Band. You know things kind of fell in your direction. But for somebody that it didn't, but is really good, but they just shadow banned them because they were left or because they were right or they just didn't like what they were saying. That person could be with you guys right now, but they're not because social media, like, basically halted their whole entire career. And maybe, maybe it was, maybe it was a person that would be the best comic ever but because they shadow banned him and fucked him he's at target right now you know when you think about it like that i mean it's possible it's actually probably it's for sure well if he was the best comedian ever shadow banning him isn't going to stop anything well he how would he grow though how would he grow because then you wouldn't have people yeah you know just making friends and you know agents and the old way of doing things i mean it'd be harder and it could we could live in a society that actually uh you know lifts up the best and most talented people in our society but uh you know it's never been that way like even before in in uh you know motown and uh yeah they they were super corrupt so this is at least a slightly better version of that and That's we still have a long way to go but uh yeah i mean hopefully like even even with Joe, I mean, they try to shadow ban him. He's still at you know whatever. He's one of the most followed people in the world. That's a great point. Do you remember Motown? That they shadow they they tried to hold them back like crazy too, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. And and that's a great point. I stand corrected because if he was the greatest comedian, he'd find a way. He would do the light work, right? Right. With comedy, it's it's so in the moment that it's I hard see. to deny. But maybe in a different It's generally not a good thing. Yeah. You know, it's definitely. But like they don't have as much power as they think they do. Because if they did, then everyone would be vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which is just fucking retarded. Yeah. And I think uh, I think they're absolutely insane to try to play Elon Musk. <laughs> you know, I, I keep saying this, like anytime I talk to somebody that like is intelligent, you know, can you believe that Twitter tried to play Elon Musk? Like, are you fucking crazy? Like you tried to play a guy that can get a rocket up and down and land in the same spot. A guy who's trying to build a civilization on Mars. Yeah. <laughs> guy that could put a wire in your head and make you no longer uh, paralyzed or whatever else. You're going to try to fucking play him with what? 20 million, 20 billion uh, robots. You you don't think he already knew that when he went in with the forty six? Yeah, <laughs> come on, Let, uh, you're you're gonna block uh, Elon Musk from the source code? You don't think he can crack through your bullshit encryption? <laughs> like really? Yeah. Do you think he'll end up with it, or do you think he'll? I walk think it away? just fell through. I don't think he ended up buying it. I think he backed out of it. I think it's recent, recently just happened. Yeah, can you Google say did uh, Elon Musk back out? Of, he did back out of it. Oh shit! I thought it was just on hold. No, he did. He he said, I don't want it anymore. Yeah, he, that was yesterday. He formally backed out of it. Yeah, but they're Fuck. suing him now. Twitter's- and he uh, and if he backs out, there's an agreement. He owes them $1 billion. So he's, he loses a billion for backing out. So so what's his what's his move here? Do you think he's going to actually back out, or is he planning them to get... Who knows what he's up to? He's up to something, right? Yeah, he's up to something. What's he up to, Hans? Think, <laughs> think. What's he up to? What do you think? He he's lives up in to? Austin now. Um, he's he's just biding his time, just having having a good time, just trying to impact the world that he sees best. He's he has that opportunity. He has that ability to do that. But what's the end result, though? He's not going to go pay them a billion dollars, <laughs> right? Um, I guess the end result. I I think he just wants to create like a utopia. I mean, he did. At, at the very least, he did bring to light how corrupt social media is in these platforms. Yeah. But I don't see him losing a billion. I, I, I don't think there, there's something. There's something we just don't know. Come on, Hans. Think. What is he, <laughs> what's his strategy? Come on. If you had a guess, if you had to take a wild fucking guess, what, what is he doing? Because if he fully backs out, he's going to lose a billion dollars. Mm. I don't think he's in the business of losing a billion dollars. Do you? I don't uh, think he really gives uh, a yeah. shit about a billion, but I think you'd like to put that billion in SpaceX or one of the genius things he's come up with. I mean, so what's he doing? He is probably uh, just like you know, maybe the best way that he can go about it is just uh, being uh, an independent voice on Twitter, or just like you know, because he's one of the biggest tweeters out there. So maybe he's just like, well, maybe. It's better to let them run it and uh, just constantly point out their flaws and maybe... And take a billion-dollar loss? <laughs> you think he'll do that? Well, maybe it was worth it for that uh, publicity. Well, I mean, if you if if we break it down, he did put... He bought the Bitcoin, remember? And then he put it in and took it out. He put it in... I think he put in $2.2 2 and then pulled it at 4.2. So he made $2 billion there. 
So technically, I guess it would be a wash. Well, he would be plus a billion over this whole thing <laughs> if he did it that way with a lot of bullshit media. Yeah, maybe he's just making more money somewhere else, and he's like, I, I can't focus on this. I'm making $7 billion here. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't think he'll end up with it? You think um, he'll just kind of maybe... See, what I thought, Hans, I thought because he was getting closer with Jack Dorsey, they were together. Because remember, everybody was like, fuck Jack Dorsey, he's a fucking asshole. After all this, I think uh, it was the board. I don't think it was Jack Dorsey. I think it was the board. I think Jack Dorsey wanted it more like uh, Elon's talking about, but the board just overpowered Dorsey, and then Dorsey ended up leaving. Then when Elon comes in to buy it, it's funny how then Elon and Dorsey started hanging out, you know, and Dorsey made it, you know, created it so he knows all the back doors. <laughs> Good move, Elon. Yeah, got he in. got access. Yeah, and I thought for sure that the two of them would buy it and Elon would kind of be in the background and then Dorsey would run it. And that might still be what happens is that he ends yeah. up getting it and then Dorsey, you know, runs his baby, really. Uh, yeah, I think that I'd he... like to see that happen. That'd be like a nice ending to a shit situation. Yeah. He's just a shadow puppet. He's like George W. Bush and Dick Cheney. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Do you think we'll end up getting it, Scott? No. Damn. I want him to get it and let Dorsey run it. Damn. Well, it was fun while it lasted, but there's still hope. There's still hope. Yeah, you could get, like, Tinder or Snapchat or something. Yeah. Um, well, how do you manage your social media? I just post uh, anything and everything. I It's like I try to make my Instagram uh, feed the same as my camera roll, like whatever I happen to look at, because that's what people want some of the time is like they want to see your authentic life and what you're actually going through so uh you know I, I make it as reality tv as possible just whatever is happening i i make up i put up there to show them what my life is like and then i try to make my life and here's your uh instagram you got some cool what is that right there next what, what, it's what, like what uh fake meat i kept trying to see what the fuck that was is that for like uh is that for like uh, like if you're going to outer space? <laughs> you like, like that with uh, those bags? Go down, scroll down, Scott. It's like a fake meat. Yeah, that one there. People really hated it. What it tastes like? Shit. It uh, it tastes like uh, like spamish. It tastes like sort of meat like. Yeah. But yeah, it's food, and I I think it's the future. I think it'll be better to not have. Uh, you know, cows that have brains and feelings and then you, you know, you make them stand in little crates and then you put a bolt in their head. <laughs> I think it's better to have, like, just now, grow it in a lab. Now, is that processed as shit, though? I mean, that looks like it's probably processed uh, <laughs> times a gazillion. Well, yeah, the whole process is processed. Like, there's nothing like real process, about it. Yeah, so <laughs> you're, like, you're like trying to get cancer. Is it like, well, is that like plant-based stuff? Yeah, I think so. Okay. It's like made out of plants, hopefully. But yeah, I mean, I think this is like the infancy. Like we have to like pollute the environment so that we don't pollute the environment later. So it's like a little uh, upfront cost to the environment. But uh, I think uh, overall that'd be a better way to make meat. And I think we're just clinging on to this way of making meat that we know because it's what we grew up with but i think uh it's like oil like it's not the only way to doing things and we should like try to do other things as well i had uh i had this guy 
a fr- actually a friend of mine, uh, Vinny. So what he did was he opened up a eye snack store. And what he did was he got uh, snacks and drinks from every other country. And he brought a bunch in. And uh, Coca-Cola from South... And I had it. I, I still have a couple at home. But they expire, unlike here. A Coca-Cola in Japan, South Korea, North Korea, China, the expiration date's like six months. and tastes completely different than the United States. You look at the United States, you got a year and a half to drink that. The <laughs> <laughs> same with the Doritos. Com- tastes completely different. And the expiration dates are night and day. Yeah. They're three, six months in other countries. Us, we're like two years. We got so much <laughs> shit in there. Fucking... <laughs> Well, people in other countries are looking out for their, their health, maybe, health, and here we're looking out for their bottom line. The, yeah, the profit, the most bang for the buck. Yeah, the, the longer it lasts, the more you could sell it. <laughs> I'll go down. This one's funny. The McDonald's. Uh, scroll down a little forever. bit. Uh, I hit the wrong thing. That's all right. He's getting used to Max. Uh, uh, go in the middle one where it says Hans. In the middle. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I got this guy Noah Noel T Art that uh, started making posters for me for free. He's just a, some kid that just uh, yeah is doing this for me. Super super grateful that he's making these bomb ass posters for me. And you you have I uh, saw so you got some cool merch. Go to the very next tab right next to us, Scott. The up up right next to us, Scott. You scroll down to uh, he's got like cool ass fucking sticks. Scroll down. Right there. That's some cool-ass shit. <laughs> I, I love that, dude. Yeah, you going to add some just, more stuff to it? Yeah, I hope so. I have, like, a keychain that Denise Lights made me. Uh, yeah, and this is uh, Rogue Stickers. He makes little caricatures. Uh, and then the other stuff is just a pun on my name. I got uh, Hans Across America, Only Hans, and the Vans logo done as a Hans logo. Uh, click on uh, TikTok. Did you ever think, Hans, that TikTok would blow up the way it has? <laughs> like, are you are you shocked? A little by that? bit. I mean, they had uh, what's that video app? They had the uh, something else, but there's always been some sort of uh, video app. Like they had Snapchat. What's a good one to play on here? Which one do you like to play? Um, how about uh, performing a sting operation on the right yep. in the middle? Right there. Play that one, Scott. This is a box theater in Detroit. You said, I can't, I can't believe you fell for it a second time. Yeah. <laughs> they had like a couple guys try to kidnap the governor, and it was like just a hoax. Like the FBI set them up. They're like, you know, you hate the governor, right? Yeah. Well, here's some plans to kidnap it. You want to do it? And they're like, sure. And then they're like, oh, you're arrested. But now, what actually, do you know what happened with them? Because I thought that they were banned. And then supposedly they were bought out with an umbrella in the U.S., but now it's all China. Like, if you look at the source code, it's fucking. Oh, shit. TikTok. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're pretty corrupt. I mean, they, they, they don't give a fuck about uh, uh, your privacy, privacy at all. <laughs> no human rights. Well, or think anything. how China is. You know, if yeah. you live there. <laughs> yeah, and all of it goes to the Chinese government. So they're just learning about us. But hey, if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. We have a free market economy, and whoever has the most profit wins. So they're just playing the game and. 
they have a certain thing in mind you know like facebook and google they have their compromise and sort of like by the american government where they're like oh don't put this up high don't put that up high and then tiktok is just like they don't give a fuck about us and they just give us whatever we ask for even if it's just like you know cotton candy and shitty doritos they just feed us what we want to see instead of like fucking with the algorithm like tiktok is like the most meritocratic i think like where they just give good content a boost and then they they only care about the views and then they learn from that and they get all that data and then they figure out what would get us to click more which is like a way to figure out what we're like and then they can figure out who we want to vote for and it's all pretty pretty shady but if you <laughs> use your population as like a fucking way to make profit as cattle then it's great yeah yeah then you're opening yourself up to other people using your population like that so i mean it's hard to be like china you can't do this but we can sell shitty doritos to our people mm -hmm. so <laughs> i've only been <clears throat> i've had two two uh post bam one was i guess because i put uh nba in china because <laughs> it was a it was a time period when everybody like all those nba players were like basically kissing china's ass like please i'm sorry if i said something wrong don't you know because they're making all their money over there you know yeah. you think that this or people think that you know these 80 million dollar contracts in the u.s is big no 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 the endorsements that money that they get from over in china <laughs> it's double that <laughs> you know so when covid happened and they had talk shit a couple actors and nba guys they were like, China, whoop, no, hey, I, I'm not saying it's you guys. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I'm playing neutral. And I, I did a podcast on that, and they took that one down. And then uh, a friend of mine that does a true crime podcast, he does, uh, what did his get taken down? Uh, counterfeit money. He had a guy on that, <clears throat> he, he, was the, he was the best money counterfeiter ever, okay? And he got 20 years, but they reduced his sentence to two years, if they if he explained to them how he did it, it was like the money was that good. He would have never got caught. He got ratted on, mm. and TikTok took that down. I I hadn't I hadn't seen them do that prior, so I think that might be a little bit of a newer thing. Where if you're posting a video on basically, technically you're kind of showing somebody how to counterfeit money, they take it down. And of course, if you say anything bad about China, they take it down. Yeah. <laughs> Dave told me that I forget who he said was over in China. It might have been him. Somebody was over in China in your crew. And the one thing that they had said, the Chinese had said, do not make fun of the Chinese government. Other than that, have a good time. But do not <laughs> fucking talk about the Chinese government. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you want Hong, I guess. Right. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty strict about that. What did you think about uh, Rodman going to North Korea? Just being <laughs> Korean, you know, like what what was your, what were you thinking when he was going to do that? I thought it was great. You know, he's sort of an outside figure. He's just sort of does crazy things. And I think it's great that uh, we're trying to bridge the gap. You know, I feel like we're all people. We live under governments that not all of us agree with all the time. So it's great that, uh, you know, those people are, you know, cut off from the world. And they, they're people just like us who want to connect and want to, you know, you know, be a part of the the world it's just their government and the situation of politics has left them where they are but yeah i think it's great that we connect with those people i think that they have a lot to offer 
just like any any country does. And I think it's good that he went over there and tried to bridge that gap. Uh, he went over twice. Because <laughs> his agent, you know, we were talking about agents. So I love my particular agent. I just hate dealing with other people's agent. But yeah. my agent is his agent. Mm-hmm. Is Rod? I have the same agent as Rodman, <laughs> and he went over there twice. He didn't just go over once; he went yeah. twice. And I, I think it's a beautiful thing because he went over there to make peace, you know. Yeah. And King John Um accepted him in <clears throat> because he loved basketball. Yeah. And there's Rodman. Hey, blah blah blah. And then that paved the way for Trump to go in and say, "Hey, buddy, if you calm down with the nuclear shit, you can have a country just like the U.S. and you can have big basketball teams." And that is one thing. Trump had him, had him good, you know, and, and they were striving and they were working together. All that nuclear shit was done. There's no talk. And then now, now it's like a free for all. Yeah. Do you, do you think a nuke goes off in your lifetime? Mm, yeah. I mean, it could, I, I don't think it's likely. Uh, I mean, we went through the Soviet union thing, uh, in the 89, time so uh yeah i don't i don't think so i think that uh, we can figure it out i think it's really up to us i think we have the most power and the most ability to control that and i don't think that we want that so i think we just need to make that known and make our government reflect our own desires um but yeah i think we could figure it out i think people can figure it out i don't think we're naturally just shitty i think human civilization is built on cooperation so the fact that we got this far proves that we can cooperate with each other. We just got to keep the positive parts and uh, abandon some of the more negative parts. I wonder if we're at that turning point, though, in evolution where, where we're just evolving and you just can't stop it because technology is growing so ridiculously fast. And then we're trying to keep up with it. The egos, the narcissism, the money, the power what you can, what you can't do, what they have that we probably don't even fucking, can't even imagine, mm-hmm. you know. <clears throat> I don't know how you, you turn that into a peaceful civilization, although that's what we all want. I, I just, yeah. I always, I keep saying the political shit's a big fucking problem. I, I don't know why. It will never happen, and it's like wishful thinking. But wouldn't it be nice to not have a red and a blue, and just mm-hmm. everybody goes up, and you vote, who do you want in Senate? Who do you want in President? Who do you want in House? Boom. Then there's no red, blue. There's no bickering about color, even though they would probably just segregate anyway and fucking have their own cults then. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think that uh, it's, yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, I think, uh, like, we can definitely do a lot better job um, cooperating and being chill. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I have faith. I mean, I'm a person. If I can do it, then other people can do it. I think it can happen. I, I think if it gets bad enough, and I think it will, then people will start to listen to other things, other people like you talking, me talking, Joe talking, people that are positive and want things to be better. Mm-hmm. Because once it gets so, so fucking bad, and I do believe it will get a lot worse, then, then you start to look for some good. Mm-hmm. And then when you do look for the good, that could be the change. So maybe it does have to get worse for it to get more peaceful and positive, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't know. How much of a of a tool for you and your growth was social media, even with the bullshit? Like, how much of a part do you think that played? Um, I think it was a way to communicate with people, and I think people is what 
brought me to where I am. So it's just like a, a way of communicating with human beings, which I think is uh, what we should uh, uh, be focused on. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, it definitely helped, you know, the ability to talk to people without a middleman, just uh, directly and say whatever I actually want to say. I think that was great. I don't have to go through NBC yeah. and I can talk to my people that actually like me and I can just be like, hey, I'm coming to this city. If you're here, come out. Then I don't need a lot of uh, radio or like, you know, I don't need to wake up at 4 a.m. to do a radio show. I don't need to go on daytime TV. Like all the people that like me and would buy tickets are probably following me. So I have that market on my uh, social media where you don't need to do the bullshit where they're just going to chop up and pick what they want not yeah. what you went there to actually do mm-hmm. what do you hate the most about getting noticed now like now that you're getting noticed you're getting recognized what do you dislike the most about that well it's mostly positive so <laughs> i think it's a great thing i think uh, it's it's good to be uh in this in this point overall i would say the uh worst thing is probably just uh the constant barrage of stuff that i have to deal with and if i for a moment forget to respond to a text then people are really hurt by it so it's like extra pressure to respond to messages and sometimes like if i responded to everything i would just be doing that all day that would be your entire life is replying to text messages right (laughs) (laughs) so i actually want to live my life and i want to have that balance so i think that would be the most tough thing because i don't really want to offend anybody i don't want to be like oh you're not important to me it's just because they got you where you are right yeah i just can't respond all the time in a timely manner just because you eventually respond yeah i try to yeah yeah because i'm doing things like this you know i'm actually living life i'm doing shows i'm doing more stuff i have less time to respond to things uh but back in the day i wasn't doing much and i had more time to respond to things so it's just like the 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 responsibilities and the uh uh the people that uh are they they that they're that could hurt is the thing that is the toughest yeah, I could see that because you got to get hammered and you know, you don't have time to do that. You got to write, you got to prepare, you got to strategize, you got to do everything and you're just growing. It's, you know, and again, and I gl- I'm glad that you said that. It's not that you're a dick and you think you're too cool to fucking answer. It's just you don't have the time. You're building your career and you want to live life. Yeah. You know, do you read the comments? Uh, I try not I to. I always hear Joe say, don't ever fucking <laughs> yeah. read the comments. <laughs> yeah. It's really not worth it. No. One last thing. What the fuck do you think happened with uh, Saturday Night Live? That used to be so funny. Remember when everybody used to look forward to it and it went to shit? Yeah. Do you think the political realm is when it turned to shit? Or, it's just or so what much the fuck extra. Happened? It's just, you know, Joe has a comedy sh- or a podcast where it's just him and Jamie and a guest. Uh, SNL has the fucking, you know, NBC and they have like, all these f- sponsors and it's just so much extra baggage it's not efficient it's it's too much that slows it down and keeps it from being a fast-moving uh, gr- indie grunge show like the more shit you have it's like a leech sucking away on, at, at the thing like the the less you have the better and they just have so much and it's like a sitcom like sitcoms are kind of dying out now because it's just 
uh, we have a better way of communicating now. I think it's an outdated model of how to do humor. Like you can just do a fucking TikTok on the beach. All you need is a phone. And instead you have like all these people and all these egos fighting. And it's just, it's but it's, it's SNL. It's not like they can't find the best writers on the planet it's before a, it went to it's shit. It's an inefficient model. Yeah. Like you have all these writers competing with each other and it's like, just film what you want to film. Like you don't need the approval of SNL and we have key and peel. We have, uh, you know, uh, sorry to bother you on Netflix. And it's just, we can do it without all the extra bloat and SNL has the most bloat. So you think it, do you think between, you know, the podcasters, the TikTok, the Instagram evolving, and then, I mean, I guess you would have to say terrible management by SNL, right? So now you take terrible management and the, the emergence of all this social media shit, they get buried. Yeah. I, I just don't know. I don't, like whoever's at the top, like, Look at the ratings now and look at them five years ago. Like, when you think fucking make a change? Yeah. Like, why wouldn't they? I, I don't because know that world. They're know? just so invested in the way of the old way of doing things. They're like, they can't disentangle themselves from that. So it's like a scientist that knows he's wrong, but doesn't want to be the one to go against the grain. So yeah. for 10 years, he'll say, this medicine does work or... This happened in space, even though he knows it didn't now that technology has advanced and the doctor knows that that does not work anymore. This works, but this is the this has been the standard for 50 years. They don't want to be the ones to come out and be like, uh, well, no, Einstein, you were wrong. Yeah. Not necessarily, not, you know, something similar to that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what you're saying, right? Yeah. Fucking crazy. So, you, so you'll lose one of the best shows ever because you got such a big ego. Yeah. Which goes back to what you were saying earlier. The fucking ego of people, whenever they get somewhere, they ruin themselves. You know, yeah. and that's so great that you're big on that about about love and peace and positivity. And that's probably why you got so far so quick. Well, I learned from the best, you know. Joe really helped me out when I started comedy, just listening to his podcast and then just seeing him and how he behaves and how he acts and how he treats people. It's really open my eyes that it doesn't have to be uh you know a cutthroat kind of thing it could be all out of love and authenticity and you don't have to fake it to boost people up you can authentically uh just boost people up because you honestly feel that way and just channeling that being actually inspired by people yeah i mean i get my balls broken all the time look i got can't even get this anymore the plastic cell Uh rogan the clock and all this shit so when i watch rogan I watch them like if I'm about to go box because I used to box. So I, I watch him like tape. Like he lets the person answer. Like how long does he wait? Does he let him finish if it's kind of like slow and boring or does he jump in? <laughs> you could tell when like, you know, the guy's moving a little bit too slow. What does he do? You know, he's the best. So yeah. what the fuck? Why would you watch not, not the best if you're doing that genre, right? So. Yeah. I don't care who breaks my fucking balls. He's the best. Mm-hmm. So, and I like the way he does it. So when I watch it, I watch it like I'm watching tape. Unless right. it's somebody really good, then fuck the whole tape thing. I watch it. <laughs> yeah, you just enjoy it. I love the one with the, uh, I can't believe he got him in there, the space guy. Um, yeah, the grass Tyson. No, no, uh, the Chinese guy. I forget his name. Was it recently? Yeah, I have to, I'm going to have to forward because it's so good. Did you, are you, in, are you into space stuff? Yeah. Oh, it's so good. What the fuck is his name? 
He's like, no, this guy. Uh, Michio Kaku. How do you say his name? Oh, Michio Kaku. Yeah. What a awesome interview. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. Oh, the best. And then right after that is uh, a guy on back-to-back two bombs is a guy on uh, conscience, like conscience in space. Mm. It's really interesting. I mean, really mind-fuck you. Those two back-to-back, you're in another world. You, you need to go get Indica. <laughs> <laughs> So where do you see yourself one year from now? Where would you like to be? What's your goal a year from now? I'd like to headline and sell out clubs. I'd like to uh, make funny videos. And, you know, I don't need an SNL. I can just post it on my Instagram. And if it's good, it'll get a lot of clicks. I'm just growing a a direct-to-audience comedy uh, expression of myself. Are you interested in like TV, acting, documentaries? I'm only interested in, in it and to what uh, I can do uh, with it. Like I don't care about getting on TV. I'm interested in the actual production and the ability to have multi-camera setups and all that. So yeah, I'm excited to see if I can use some of the uh, existing cameras and stuff and sound stages to make a vision uh, happen. But, uh, yeah, I'm not excited just to have the logo next to my name. I'm excited to see what I can create with it. And if I can't create anything with it, the logo doesn't mean anything. I'd rather have no show on NBC than a shitty show on NBC. Love Uh, it. That's awesome. You you got a great attitude, man. Thanks. Really, really fucking good attitude. I mean, I learned from the best, you know. Yeah. Got a killer attitude, man. Can't take nothing from you, and you worked hard to get it. Uh, Can you pull up uh, tab five? Go through everything, pull up your uh, all the shows you got up again. So if somebody <laughs> forgot from the beginning, you got eight in Florida and yeah. more to come, and all kinds of. Uh, what do you name each one different? Uh, no, I mean you know, I, like some people like they'll name it. They'll be like, okay, this is the you know Hans Kim Hans going America. going dirty or something. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, I just sort of uh, I'm trying to figure it out. So I'm still like uh, headlining and doing doing the jokes that i know work so i'm just trying to iron out my hour before i shoot my special in like a year or two which is another plan i have is to get an hour down and not only have an hour but to perfect it you know what i think would work awesome for you a cartoon like if you had like a little hans kim cartoon how fucking funny would that be yeah just really, the voices, and you can put them in any scenario. Yeah, like you do a cartoon with you and Ari and Red Band, <laughs> throw Louie in, maybe Rogan yeah. comes in if he has time. How funny would that be? And then That'd you got awesome. Hans Kim, the little Korean, coming. <laughs> I mean, it would be a blast. It would be so funny. Yeah, we all look so different. <laughs> yeah. It's like you got, you know, you have everything in one. Yeah. You know, and then you put that into a cartoon, you'd be the funniest of the cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And that's all it's about, you know? Yeah. All right, so you're in Naples, July 12th and 13th, Tampa, July 15th and 16th, and that's with Tony Hinchcliffe. You're in Tampa, July 20th. You're in Winter Haven, the 21st, and New Cerna Beach, the 22nd and 23rd. This will all be in the description, where it's at, all that good stuff. And that's that's a quite of a lineup given <laughs> yeah. the last time I, I was talking to you buddy <laughs> thank you it worked out I'm in Florida and I can plug this right before I go on it this is my first stop yeah so it I, all I'm, worked out I'm proud of you man I'm proud of the work ethic and, and it was, it's it's really awesome to see how far you came man Thanks, just keep man. it up and I love the positivity thank you, you know, you're very positive you're pure 
Your appearance, I really like that, man. Thanks, and I'm man. not just saying that because you're here. <laughs> you know, I'm not kissing your ass. But uh, <laughs> anything else you want to promote? Uh, yeah, just DJ Hans Kim, Instagram, YouTube. I post everything that I do on everything. So you just follow me on one thing. And you, and then go to the tab to the right, Scott. And then right there is pretty much all your stuff. Scroll down. And then scroll down, scroll down. That's the one I saw. Uh, Tacoma in August 2nd. I'm actually not doing that. Oh, you're not doing that yeah, one? Yeah, this all is right. the older one. I'm actually at Linktree slash DJ Hans Kim. Okay. I should actually take this one down. But, yeah, I'm uh, yeah, I'm going to do some big shows coming up that I don't know if I can say, but. Don't don't fuck it up. Stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> I had somebody come in. I felt so bad because I asked him a hundred times, do you want me to cut it? And he had gotten a uh, deal with Netflix, but they they start they they had mapped out the production, but didn't start it. But he was so excited about it, and he, he kept talking. And after I had texted him, I said, "Look, I'm going to send you the file. Watch this, and make sure that there's nothing in here because you talked a lot about what you were going to do in the Netflix." Yeah. He said, "No, it's good." I, I said, "Really? I think you should look at." It. But then I ended up cutting it, part of it anyway. But I guess there was a part I didn't cut, and he got fucked. Yeah, I mean, that's but, the kind hey, of world we him, live in now. I asked him, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> Buyer beware, I mean. Yeah, yeah. If you sit down in the chair, you know, you have to you have to have the sense and and uh, you know, intelligence to know there's cameras on and people are going to watch this and if you're under a contract or you can't talk about it, you know, and then you watch it, you know, I send it to you after you're off the camera twice. <laughs> you might want to watch it a little bit fucking yeah. closer and if I send, if I take the time, Hans, to send it to you twice, and two times you tell me it's good to go, then that's not on me. I was <laughs> I le at least I was nice enough, Hans, to send it. Yeah, I didn't have to do that. You know yeah. what I mean? I could have just said, "Hey, you know, I took care of your flight, your hotel. You're here. You sat down. Whatever you said goes." But I didn't. <laughs> but he said, "Okay, so okay." Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Fool me once, you know. See, there's he, that went past three gates of. Uh, you know, uh, oversight. So betting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, I, anytime you're in Florida or thanks, man. or anytime you have time, I'll fly in from Texas, man. You're fun. I'd love to. Thank you, man. I'd really like to pick your brain. <laughs> this was the, this was the comedy one, but I'd like to pick your brain about other stuff and tell I Louis C that. to give me a date. I keep, he keeps saying date, date, Louis tell him to give me the date. Yeah. Tell him oh, to give wow. me a date. We've been going back and forth for a month. I, uh, you probably know him better than I, I don't really know. Oh yeah. One, the for real last thing tell it because it is part of what you guys are doing Skankfest. Mm -hmm. what is Skankfest for the people that don't know and why should people go to it because like it is a comedy festival yeah it's, it's the up, ultimate comedy festival they had everything there if you love comedy if you love Louis J. Gomez if you love uh, Big J. Okerson uh, they'll all be there they'll bring some of the funniest comedians in New York and all over the country so it's the biggest comedy there's nothing like it it's like Bonnaroo for comedy. And everybody's there, right? Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. So go to, what there's one in August? Yeah. And in it, where's it at? It's in Vegas. Vegas. Skankfest in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's That be should a be blast. interesting, man. In Vegas? Yeah. Woo! <laughs> so definitely look up that Skankfest, right? Yeah. All right. All right, Hans. Thanks for finally getting in here, man. Make sure you bring your ass back. I'd love to. I got your number now. I'll just keep <laughs> counting you. Nice to meet you, Tommy. This is a blast. Thanks Thank for having you. me. You and Gomez are going to think I'm a psychopath pretty soon. The way I, <laughs> I've been texting Gomez. I was texting you for a month. Yeah. <laughs>
But you guys are great guys. You're a great guy. Love the pureness and the positivity and keep pushing that, man. Thanks for and having congratulations me. Congratulations on all the success. Thank you. And hard work, man. You're a go-getter and that's what we need. Thanks, Thank you, man. Nice to meet you, man. Nice to meet you. And I'm, I will see you again. I will, yeah, I'll be back. <laughs>